Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome once again to the WP Builds Podcast. You have reached episode number 332, entitled Transitioning from Clients to Products in WordPress. It was published on Thursday the 29th of June 2023. My name's Nathan Wrigley and I'll be joined by our guest in a few short minutes, but firstly some very short housekeeping this week. First thing to mention is that I did an episode of the Pichineri UIUX show. You can find that over on our YouTube channel. It was a really interesting discussion. We went through two websites and some deceptive designs. I will put a link in the show notes. So if you want to find that, you certainly can. The other thing to mention is that if you are into what we do at WP Builds, we'd certainly appreciate your help spreading the word. You can do that by going to your podcast player of choice and giving us a review. Alternatively, find us on social media and in some way boost us. We'd really appreciate that. And if you want to stay in touch, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe is the page to do that. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by heading to go.me forward slash WP builds once more. Go.me forward slash WP builds. And true sincere thanks to GoDaddy Pro for keeping the lights on over here at WP builds. Okay, what have we got for you today? We have a truly lovely conversation with a truly lovely person. I've been speaking this week to Derek Ashower, and the conversation is all about transitioning from being a client-facing business to being a product-focused business. It's such an interesting conversation, primarily just because of how self-deprecating and humble Derek is. He talks about all of the different things that he's learned along the way, his failings, the things that have gone well, the things that he struggles still to do, and it really is all about that, trying to figure out how it is that he's going to manage to make that transition over to being a plug-in house. And I'm sure that when you've listened to this, you'll have the same impression of Derek as I do. If you've got any comments, please head over to WP Builds, search for episode number 332 and leave something there. I'm sure Derek would certainly enjoy that. So truly, I hope that you enjoy the podcast. I am joined on the podcast today by Derek Ashour. Hello, Derek. Hello, good morning. Yeah, good afternoon. Good morning. We're on different sides of the Atlantic. Derek's all the way over in Colorado. I'm obviously in the UK. Derek, I wouldn't wonder if you wouldn't mind just spending a couple of moments. We're not 100% sure where this podcast is going to go, but regardless of that, I wonder if you wouldn't mind just spending a few minutes just explaining to the audience who you are, who you work for, what product suite you've got, URLs, anything like that. Just give us some <laughs> orientation as to how you've ended up on a WordPress podcast. Absolutely. So um, I started my journey of self-employment back in 2007 when I moved from San Diego to Colorado. Um, I had no intention of starting a 
a freelance business, but literally on my drive, um, the the twenty hour drive across the country. There, um, suddenly my website ranked number one for San Diego web design, AshupStudio.com. And uh, on the drive, I signed two clients on the phone while trying to do contracts and other things before real smartphones were even a thing. Um, and uh, and I was going to work remotely for the company I had uh, been working for fresh out of college as a designer and developer. Um, and then two months later, I had so much work by being ranked number one for San Diego Web Design that I ultimately made the decision to work full time for myself. Um, I think maybe a couple years later at some point, honestly, I don't remember my, my WordPress origin story, but, uh, but at some point I found WordPress and started using it to build client sites and was off of the races from, from there on in. Uh, about 2013, I started a plugin called Sunshine Photocart. Um, uh, my now ex-wife was a photographer. She did families and portraits and things like that. And at the time, the only software for photographers to sell their prints online uh, was about $500, which was incredibly expensive for her, for someone who just wanted to do it as a side project. Um, so, of course, like every developer, I said I could get that done. I could do something similar like that in a few weeks. <laughs> and then about six months later, I had, you know, an initial, you know, version out. Um, I had always known that I wanted to diversify my my income streams um, because, like I said, when I started my business, I had absolutely no intention of starting a business. It wasn't something that I ever planned to do or set out as a goal, you know, making a five-year plan to start a business. It literally just happened. Um, and so I knew that because it could just happen, it could also just go away. So I wanted to always diversify and come up with different ways to make money and making a product was one of my ideas. I also wanted to, you know, at the time having a, like an e-commerce website or a drop shipping website was also uh, kind of my, my holy trinity or trifecta of things that I wanted to have was the, the freelance work, the product, and then an e-commerce site. Um, I tried the e-commerce thing that didn't work out as well. It <laughs> didn't work out well at all. Unfortunately, it wasn't, uh, wasn't my forte. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I created the, created the first version in about six months and then just kind of, um, was like, Hey, if I can make 500 bucks from this to recoup my costs or time, that'd be kind of fun little thing. And a few months later it was making a thousand dollars a month. I was like, Oh, cool. Um, and then, you know, it just slowly, slowly grew into, um, what it is today. Um, but, but what it is, I guess maybe I skipped that a little bit. It is a full, uh, comprehensive e-commerce ecosystem, but specifically for photographers. So it is a pretty massive endeavor for one person to take on. Um, it is, you know, it's, it's a whole thing like WooCommerce. Um, so it's its own e-commerce system. It does not integrate with WooCommerce, but it is specifically for photographers because the products and how they sell are just so different than, um, than a traditional e-commerce store. So that's why I created that um, very differently. Wow, and a decade. Check it out, a decade yeah. has gone past since then. Yeah. yeah, who would have thought though all those years ago when you were sitting there creating it, you know, roughly $500 and a couple of weeks as you thought, which yeah. turned into many, many months. Who would have thought that it would, you know, be a thing which you'd still be curating 10 years later. Can I just go back though? I want to, I want to drill into this SEO piece. This yeah. oh. this Sandy okay so even in two thousand and seven SEO was hard I mean I know it's definitely harder now 
But back then, I still think it was quite an achievement to get to the top of SEO for San Diego web design. That probably was fairly difficult to do. What happened there? How did you achieve that? <laughs> so it's obviously since I had no purposeful intent of targeting that at the time, I can only guess as to what worked. Now, this is ah. 2007. Um, you know, this is early, it's still early Google and SEO stuff. Yeah, uh, I, I kind of disagree that it was easy uh, or sorry that it was hard. Um, I, I think it was pretty easy. That was the time where if you just had a bunch of links to your website, that's all that mattered. It didn't matter yeah. if it was yeah. white on white, you know, those kind of spam links yes. and all those kind of stuff. So it, it was just there was just no one knew what it took or what the real what the real payoff was. Um, I think the reason why my site did well is. Um, back in the day, PHP BB was a big thing, right? right. Um, you know, bolts and boards and all that kind of stuff. And early in my career, I you know when I was trying, I was trying to learn how to do stuff. I created some open source things. Um, I created some themes for PHP BB. Um, and so, and and in the footer of all those, I had made by Ash Web Studio, and uh, a couple of those themes got picked up by several thousand. Um, PHBBB. That's a terrible thing to try and pronounce. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, a couple thousand different um, forums. And so I had a couple thousand links to my website um, instantly. Um, I wrote uh, an article on SitePoint as well, which was a pretty popular one. Um, I think it was called something along the lines of designing for clients made easy. So that was a big reputable website that was linking back to my site. Um, and so it was just a lot of natural link building at a time, I guess, uh, whether you call forum footer links natural these days, yeah. uh, you know, it, but there was a lot of, you know, link building going on and I'm pretty sure that was how it happened. What a, um, what a nice story though, to have right at the outset of things that everything just fell into place as opposed to the yeah. exact opposite, which happens to a lot of people, you know, they're banging their head against the wall, trying to yeah. figure out what the strategy might be. And yeah. yet you just stumbled into it. And even back then, it would appear in 2007, even though you didn't really intend to get those keywords, the mere fact that you did get those keywords kind of meant that you were suddenly really busy. It's a great bit of yes. serendipity. Yeah. And it's one thing that um, one thing I kind of want one thing I want to bring up is that oh, what I've noticed as I've gone through my career being self-employed here now for 15 plus years I've noticed that doing that, taking what I do for a client and then trying to turn for something for myself is something that has really helped a lot. One of the themes that I made was for, um, uh, it was a concert venue called Soma San Diego. And, uh, and so I made a, a they want to, you know, be a concert venue. And I was like, oh, let's do a forum and have, you know, all the local kids. It was for like punk rock. It was a punk rock concert yeah, yeah, venue type yeah. thing. So let's get all the kids on there joining that, you know, and just get it, you know, natural growth, have a lot of kids on there talking, do all that kind of stuff. And they could keep coming back. And so they keep coming back to the venue for concerts and things like that. So I made a forum, used PHPBB, created a custom thing, some grunge looking like red and black grunge, you know, theme. Um, and then I, you know, just asked them, hey, because I was kind of doing the site for free for them at the time. This was when I was just learning and getting started. Can I just release this out? Like, yeah, sure, whatever. We don't care. Um, so I released that. And that was one of the themes that for PHPB that got picked up um, that quite a few other people wanted to use and created those backlinks. Um, 
so that was a, a pretty neat thing. Um, some of the, you know, my sunshine photo card, well, not technically a client. It was something for my then ex-wife uh, or my wife at the time. Uh, but, you know, I kind of treated her as a client. I made her photography website, all this kind of stuff. I was trying to find a solution for a client and then turned into a product. Um, and then as uh, also what led that to was creating WP Sunshine, a more broader brand of plugins. Because I realized I've been making client sites for, I think, you know, I think I started that in 2021 or 2022. I mm-hmm, honestly mm-hmm. don't remember. Um, was like, I've been making all these things for clients for so many years. These could easily turn into plugins. Um, what's, what, what problems have I been solving for clients all these years that I can then turn into things? So that's precisely um, my, the biggest ones that I have on there are the confetti one, um, which, you know, was just, Client just was like, hey, or I don't remember if I did or the client did. I saw on this web- website when I made a purchase, there was a confetti effect. It was really neat and fun. It's like, oh, yeah, I we see can do that, that everywhere. No yeah. <laughs> yeah, that could be fun. Yeah. That would be simple. So, you know, I just found a line of JavaScript that's out there, open source confetti plugin, grabbed that, threw it on their site, was like, great, done. Normally, I'd walk away and call it, yeah, that was great. That was neat. That was fun. Um, but then, uh, you know, I was just starting to turn that mindset of what have I done for clients that I can turn into a product that solves all their problems. Now, confetti isn't necessarily a problem that's being solved. It's a fun one. It's a great one. I think it's cool. Uh, I think uh, it sets your site apart, you know, when someone submits a form, you know, does something, makes a purchase, makes a fun little confetti effect. Um, you can make it differentiate your, your site a little bit from others. Um, and I've noticed a lot of websites now use it. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, really you know, after you now. do something fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a great fun way to do that. And But it was just uh, shifting that mindset of I'm just solving this one problem for a client to how can I solve lots of people's problems and build it once. Mm. Um, and so that's what really got me into wanting to become product first um, because Someone like myself who's been making client websites since 2000, um, you know, when I started this journey, starting to teach myself how to do web design because I am almost entirely self-taught yes, when yeah, it comes to yeah. all this. And like many of us. Yeah, are, really. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so um, when I started, you know, doing client sites for so long over the last several years, I just it, it's. You kind of get tired of it a little bit, to be blunt. Yep. Um, you yep. kind of like, I, I'm, I'm ready to do something different. Um, I'd been finding myself, you know, when I when I was when I had a new feature for Sunshine Photocard, it was it was easy to get up in the morning and get to work. Right. But when it's I had close. a client yeah. request, you know, when I had a when I had a client quest, it would sit there for a week and it would you know build up the anxiety of oh my gosh, I you know I haven't done this yet, whatever. And then you finally dive into it and realize it was a 15 minute task. But I realized so there's a lot of client work that has turned, most of my client work has turned into anxiety-inducing work um, because it's just not, the passion's gone. There's no desire for it. It's just, it just becomes more stressful and then it's, it's harder to do. Yeah. Um, and it's not as exciting. And so I've been trying over the last two years slowly of making a plan of how can I become product first? What does that look like? And, and all this kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, and, you know, so that's why I wanted to create things like the confetti one. The address autocomplete actually happened to be for the exact same client. We were doing custom development and we needed to do an address autocomplete in this one component of this WooCommerce app, you know, I made a custom WooCommerce add-on and it had, um, 
uh, a space where you can add your contacts and create their do their uh, do their address and name and and who they are what are their age what is their gender all this kind of stuff and then it would recommend products in the store and then you can put in their like special dates like events like birthdays holidays anniversaries and 30 days beforehand it will email you recommended products for this person based on their age their gender and their relationship to you oh that's nice uh, so it was a fun thing but part of creating that customer's profile or that you know that person's profile you put in their address and things like that to help um, with the shipping so it could automatically ship to that person and you could pre-populate it and it would ship to that person right away make it really easy in the future well part of that there's all kinds of address autocomplete things specifically for woocommerce checkout process but not my custom add-on. So uh, I was like, oh, well, I need to, let's let's try and move this address autocomplete um, you know, into my thing. And it just became more trouble than it was worth to try and repurpose someone else's thing. So then the way I built it was, well, all you need to do is a CSS selector for the start and the CSS selector for where it populates. Done. Mm-hmm. That was the easiest way to build it uh, because I had it on a, it just ended up being the easiest way to build it. And I go, well, with, Another couple hours of work. This is now a plugin, um, you know, to just a setting screen to define what are those CSS selectors. So that literally was after I did the custom client work for them. I think I spent maybe four to five hours, and all of a sudden it was a plugin. And then now I can sell that and do all kinds of stuff. Is it making me tens of thousands of dollars a month? Absolutely not. Um, you know, it's a very you know it's a very small, very niche you know thing, um, but it's absolutely paid for itself many times over in my time to do that, you know, even at my hourly rate, I've made more money off that than the five hours that, you know, if I had done that at $100 an hour. So can, can I ask, I've, so, got so, so. Two, I've got two questions, but the, the first one I, I think ought to come first, and then we'll tackle the, the second one. The first one is, at what point you now you may have covered this in your bio at the beginning, but I didn't send I didn't pick up on it. At what point did you decide that WordPress because obviously you've launched into plugins mm-hmm. in 2013 with your Sunshine yeah. Photo Cart uh, product and whatnot. At what point did you decide that WordPress was the thing that you were going to work with? And then we'll go on to the, the the second part, which is really how easy has the transition away from client <laughs> websites to um, to product websites been? And we'll d- dig deeper into that. So yeah, first question, when, when did WordPress come onto your radar as the thing to use? Was it because it was sort of spiking? Because back in... Back in 2013, I get the feeling that really it could have been WordPress, but it could have been a bunch of other CMSs as well. There was Drupal floating around, and there was Joomla, and I think WordPress was probably winning at that point. But it, it you know, it, it really felt like it could have gone in all sorts of directions. Yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't remember my WordPress origin story. Um, I remember looking at, you know, evaluating those things for client work mostly, um, and looking at Joomla, looking at Drupal, looking at WordPress, and I think in the end, ultimately, it was just ease of use right, at the right. time. That yep. WordPress was just by far the easiest to use. I could not figure out Drupal um, at the time, so I just moved on from that. Yep. Um, and didn't try it. Joomla was definitely very popular. It's kind of, you know, bringing back some memories of, uh, of a few things of taking on some clients who are like, oh, our site's currently in Joomla. Can you work with that? And then diving into it and trying to figure out how to edit some text and being like, no, um, <laughs> I, I can't figure this out. So, um, it just, it just was the easiest to use. Yeah. Um, and, and for, uh, I think like that's why many of us uh, and why it ultimately has won the war. Yeah. So to speak, I, I feel um, that story is played out a thousand, 10,000, a yeah, hundred thousand. Exactly. Thousand times it was just in in my case I was uh, I was using Drupal a lot and and I 
it really was a case of Drupal went through various iterations and they're, they're not backwards compatible when they go through their point releases. Mm-hmm. So six to seven breaks, seven to eight breaks, you know, six to 6.1, fine. But I just got fed up of that. And then I came over to WordPress and it was kind of, wow, okay. It's been going for many, many years and nothing mm-hmm. really has broken over those years. And still, broadly, that's the case. There's a big commitment to that. So yeah, very, very easy to use. Yeah. And it was easy on the eye as well, actually, I thought for... For clients, I thought they'd done a great job in the UI, the admin UI, which actually, in many ways, hasn't hasn't really moved on since then. Maybe it's time for a bit of a refresh there. But the yeah, so the I other, mean, I have gone. You can. I was gonna say. I was gonna say I have some client sites where I designed and built their site on WordPress over ten years ago, yep. and I have not touched the website. Not even to like the only thing I've done is I think. Because back then, even making the site responsive or mobile friendly wasn't a thing. It was so old. The sites are so old that we didn't even think about it back then. And yeah. I think that's the only change I've done is to gone in and, um, you know, adjust them a little bit to be mobile friendly. But other than that, they've literally run on cruise control and I don't log into their site except for once every couple of years when they say, hey, can you maybe tweak this one little thing or something? But I'd never touch it. 12 yeah. years, 10, 12 years later, and the site's still going it's just keeps, fine. Keeps going, yeah. yeah. Backwards compatibility is a real, real thing, and I think it's it's been worth every every ounce of angst yeah. from the core developers yeah. <laughs> to keep yeah. it that way. Okay, then moving over to the the transition from building websites to, to the product, I, I'm going to bet that there's almost nobody in the audience listening to this who at some point, if they're building client websites, hasn't thought – Okay, I've got an idea for a plugin, and you know whether mm-hmm. they've implemented or not is one thing. You've obviously made that leap, but how has it been? You, you've been at pains to point out that you know quite a few of them. The confetti one, as an example, it's a bit of a pet project. It's a bit of fun. You okay. enjoyed it, but yeah. how has that been? You know, my understanding is that you embark on it. There is an expectation that you'll perhaps get some success, but also equally, you know, there's very few runaway successes. Either you've got a, mm-hmm. an amazingly novel product which everybody wants to get a hold of, or you're probably getting into a, a fairly competitive marketplace. You mentioned that for Sunshine Photocart, that that really wasn't the case. You were pretty unique, so that was that was kind of nice. So yeah, just talk us through where you're at at the moment and how that journey has been. Whether you've managed to ditch all the client websites or is it still forty sixty fifty fifty. Yeah, yeah. First thing I you know uh, to say is that if anyone is listening and they're hoping to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna listen to Derek. He's gonna tell me exactly what to do. I have absolutely no answers. <laughs> <laughs> I say that. I say that a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, that I don't have the answer. And I'm still on the journey of trying to understand and figure it out. Um, I feel like I have some good ideas of where to go and what it will take. But the one thing uh, I feel solace in, and when I, you know, when I'm on Twitter and hearing other people talk about it or interacting with other people, is that there are other people having similar struggles and I'm not alone. <laughs> so yeah. it is a very yeah. common frequent journey to get stuck um, in a certain point. And where I'm basically stuck is it's it's like, um, you know, a comical video, you know, an old guy trying to jump over a fence and all of a sudden he's got both legs stuck on either side of the fence and now he's stuck oh, and doesn't know perfect. what to do. It is, is, is kind of the analogy I have for myself of just being like, now what do I do? Yeah. I have both legs equally on each side of this fence. Yeah. And I don't know how to get down on either side. Um, it's, uh, it's an interesting spot to be where, um, you know, I have a certain income goal that I want to make um, each month. And 
my plugins get me about 40% of that income now and clients get me about 60%. It used to be, even a couple of years ago, it used to be like 80% client work. Um, oh, it's going in the right direction then. Well, uh, I, I would say my plugins haven't changed and my freelance stuff has gone down okay. um, since the uh, pandemic. So so it's just a general income drop um, overall is what I've experienced over the last several years um, for a multitude of various reasons that I, um, you know, it's hard when the client work is dropping and uh, your also interest in it is dropping. There mm. may be a correlation to that, <laughs> you know, there, whether it's a correlation, a causation, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not, I've never been one to seek out client work. It's always come to me as I explained it at the top of this. Um, so I've never had to seek out client work. It's always come. And so now that I'm at the point where I need to seek it out, I struggle with that because mm -hmm. that's not my forte. I'm good at making the clients, making the sites and doing the work, but doing the marketing and all that kind of stuff is, is definitely where I struggle. And I think where a lot of developers, people who can build and make plugins and code and do all that kind of stuff. That I think many of the people who are successful will tell you stop working on your plugin and start working on your marketing. Um, and so, as my plugin, um, as you know, before I really started this journey, you know, I had this idea that my the reason why it's not successful is because it doesn't have it doesn't have a good enough UI. It doesn't have a good enough feature set. It, I'm looking at my competitors, uh, which most of my competitors are actually SaaS products. There's not really too many WordPress plugins, specific plugins that are direct competitors. There's one, um, but most of the competitors are actually SaaS options. Um, so I, when I look at them, those are my real competitors that I'm looking at. Uh, you know, my feature sets, you know, not there and all this kind of stuff. So I was like, I want to rewrite this so that it could be more efficient and I can be better at building on top of it, adding features. And so then a year and a half later of starting from right. scratch, essentially, um, uh, of working on it. it, you know, I loved working on it, but it's been a year and a half because again, client work is the main focus. It's, it was, you know, a couple of years ago it was 70, 80% of my income. And so they took priority. And so it was always when I had a lull, I could really focus on it and make a huge progress on it. But otherwise it was some, some weeks it was zero hours. Some weeks it was 10 hours. Some weeks it was 30 hours. Um, that I, you know, I could really spend on, on doing it, but because of that, it's been a year and a half journey uh, of trying to rewrite the whole thing. And again, it's a uh, Sunshine Photocard is a e-commerce ecosystem. It's, you know, it's it's essentially writing, you know, the entire checkout process, add to cart, shipping, taxes, you know, doing this whole massive thing. Which, if I were getting into creating a plugin, do not start with an ecosystem plugin, especially an entire <laughs> e-commerce one. Do you start with? Um, you know, it's uh, it's 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 a massive endeavor. Or like you know, my confetti plugin when I did it for the client, and then was like, let me make this a plugin. Two days later, you know, probably eight to ten hours total, I had a complete plugin that I was submitting to the repo to the .org repo. Um, but where Sunshine Photocard is concerned, that's you know, where I'm in the years, um, you know, of, of building and doing it, not the hours. So. Um, definitely start with something small if you're getting your, you have an idea, just get it out there to learn how the, the, the repo works and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, my journey of, of becoming product first is, you know, I think I started the, the redevelopment of everything as a way to avoid doing marketing because I didn't know it. Yeah. Um, okay. It was, it was more of an avoidance tactic than it was diving into something 
uh, and really trying to learn a new skill. Yeah. Um, I, I think and, sorry, you carry on. I apologize. No, yeah. The last thing I was going to say is just that it is, you know, when you're, when you have a bunch of client work and that's, you're like, I got to do this, I got to pay the bills, I got to do this kind of stuff. And then when you're like, all right, now I have some free time, maybe, what do you want to work on? You know, it's like, I want to work on the stuff that I know and love and want to do, not the stuff where I have to, I don't really know this. Do I know what I'm doing? I don't really, I'm not confident in this. I'm going to, let me start on this part first. And then a year and a half later, you're still working on that part and you've never really, uh, you know, gotten into the marketing part. But I know, you know, one of my goals starting this year was to really start learning it and diving in into it and doing that. Unfortunately, my rewrite is just, I really wanted to finish it so that I could put something out there and then do all the marketing at once. So I'm still literally in that process, uh, you know, 95% of the way there's, you know, what they say, you know, the first 90% of development is easy. The last 10% is the hardest. Yeah. And it's definitely true. Um, and so, you know, I'm getting close, I'm getting closer, um, but, you know, starting to do some of the marketing, whether it's content stuff, outreach and all this kind of stuff. It's one of the reasons why I'm on this, on here talking with you. Yeah. I'm trying this. I'm seeing this. Is this something that could work? You know, I don't know. I'm just trying to get my name out there so that other developers who are making a, a client for a photographer, they go, oh yeah, I heard of Derek on this one thing or why I joined Twitter six months ago was to just get out there and get my name out there. Oh yeah, I know this guy, Derek Ashour. He makes this photography plugin. I have a photography client. Maybe I could use that, things like that. Yes. And that's part of the whole process of just getting out there and, and, and dipping my toes into it. Is this going to be effective for me? I don't know. Who knows? You're, you're, yeah, you're, you're going to find out. That's for sure. It's kind of yeah. interesting. So firstly, I think I think you're very, uh, what's the right word I want to say here? You're, you're quite brave for exposing <laughs> your underbelly there a little bit if you like but i'm sure that many of the people listening to this podcast will have a story similar to that you know you've you've embarked on something it hasn't been quite as easy as you'd imagine but also you you kind of you suddenly realize that all of the things that are needed to get yourself over the finish line are many many more things than you anticipated so if you just think as a as a web developer you know somebody that let's say just is building client websites if that's all that you do, air quotes, all that you do, you know, you've got to become quite good at marketing. You've probably got to be able to handle finance. You've got to do your tax returns. You've probably got to be a fairly decent designer. You've got to keep your eyes uh, peeled as to what the latest products are in the WordPress space so that you, they can help you design things. You've probably got to be good at email marketing. You've probably got to be keeping abreast of the latest trends in CSS, JavaScript, the HTML spec, keeping an eye on what the W3C are doing and all these kind of things. And honestly, that's just the stuff that's come to the top of my head. I could probably go on. The point being, there's a million things that you're doing and and it's kind of as a freelancer in the WordPress space, I think sometimes it's easy to punish yourself because you you kind of think, well, I should be able to do all of these things at once. The reality is all of that is really, really time consuming and really, really difficult to keep those plates spinning, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's I think one of my fundamental mistakes um, throughout all this is not having other people that I work with partners or things like that. Um, I think for me personally, um, as you outlined, I can design, I can code, I can build. I learned how to be good with clients, how to do customer relationships and all that kind of stuff. I learned how to do sales. I feel pretty, I don't like it, but I've learned how to do it and I feel confident and can do all that kind of stuff. But I also lean on as a crutch is that because I can do all that stuff, I do do all right, that Right, exactly, yeah. And then, um, 
And then, you know, I, I fell into this, which I, I imagine, I don't know, honestly, I'm still getting myself out there. I've worked for myself for 15 years now or over 15 years that I don't really have too many connections, even in our, um, you know, as a web developer, whether locally or internationally and why, you know, six months ago or eight months ago, I joined Twitter. To, like, let's try and broaden my network. I've literally worked for myself in my own little silo for so long that I don't have too many connections. Um, and then when I started being, you know, saying like, hey, client, I don't want to take this on, but let me refer you because I want to start being proud first. I was like, who do I refer you to? I don't even know people. <laughs> um, you know, so it was like, how, who can I, who can I suggest and things like that? Um, but I think that was definitely one of my fundamental mistakes was not having someone to help um, with some of these tasks. And I think having someone that was opposite of me, someone that was good at, you know, doing the parts that I don't like, like right. the marketing side, doing all that kind of stuff and, and balance each other's strengths and weaknesses um, and yeah. finding someone to do that. I didn't come across anyone in my journey. Like I said, I never set out to do it. So I kind of stumbled upon this whole thing. So I didn't really have a plan. Yes. It just kind of happened. Yeah. And then before I knew it, I was, you know, literally day to day flying by the seat of my pants and just praying that it all doesn't just disappear. So the, the idea of sitting down and doing a plan was was not something that I've really done until the last year or so. Um, and how I've made it 15 years is beyond me. Also, I think, um, though, that sometimes even if you are in your own eyes reasonably good at something. So let's imagine that marketing was up for discussion here. Um, <laughs> there's probably somebody out there who for a, you know, a reasonable amount of money is probably going to be superior at that because, you know, that's their focus. That's all they've done for the last 10 years, and they're really, really good at it. But I'm a terrible delegator. What I tend to find is that just the minutiae of what I've got to do each day consumes all my time. And so I never get to the, okay, I'm going to spend two or three days finding people who are really good at marketing products, just like the one that I've got over here, and and so I just just ended up you know using those forty eight hours concentrating on the on the ordinary stuff that I could get a, I could easily do forty eight hours from now but it just sort of fills my inbox if you know what I mean so I never get round to doing those kind of things it sounds like maybe maybe you're similar yeah yeah no I, I would say um, uh, you fall in the trap of you're just good enough to get by so right. you think you can do it uh, I think the other trap that I've fallen into is um, just random numbers. Let's say I want to make $10,000 a month. Well, um, how would I pay someone $2,000 to come in and help me with that? That's 20% of my income. I, right. you know, right. I've built up this, right. this certain thing that requires me to make $2,000 to then bring someone in to help me with this. It's, uh, it's all of a sudden $2,000 to pay someone to do this. It, it, it could be six months where they could start recouping that and they're making me $5,000. But when you're living paycheck to paycheck or month to month type thing, you're still, you know, just, you know, scrambling all the time. How do you do that? That's, I don't have an answer for that one. Like I don't have an answer for it. That's where I've constantly struggled is to say, how can I, how can I pay you two to $3,000, you know, whether it's for ads or a person to manage an AdWords account or to start doing social media marketing or do other kind of stuff. How do I do that? Yeah. Um, you know, the, I think the only one area where I where I saw some success was a friend of a friend who um, offered to be my salesman for a while for my client stuff. Um, he was and we came to agreement where basically I didn't have to pay him a salary. It was just commission only. And the great thing was, is that he was not tied to the work itself. 
where I tie you know, um, I look at something, I go, oh, that's a five minute task. Oftentimes, I don't even bill for it. It's just part of customer that he goes, oh, that was worth this much for. It. I'm going to charge them $500. Yeah. So suddenly there were things where he was, you know, my, my favorite example was I was charging, you know, like something I didn't have to do, hosting. And I was charging $250 a year for it. I was just, you know, resell it through SiteGround or something like that. It was costing me like, you know, $6 a year to add their site to, yeah, to yeah, my account. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. really anything. So $250 seems like great, nothing. And he just comes in and goes, I'm going to sell it for $500 a year. What? <laughs> and not one single client ever batted an eye. They're like, sure, sounds great. So he just instantly doubled my income yes. on hosting. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so, yeah, there's definitely people who are going to be better at that, who separate themselves from, you know, the minutia of things and, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and to me, that's the only area where I found where it was easy to bring someone in to increase. That's on the client side, of course, you know, bringing someone to do sales on a product thing. It's kind of hard. It, it uh, is no remarkable when sales, when you come across somebody that can do something like that. And the expectation yeah. is, well, that let's just see what kind of calamity that's going to create. And then when yeah. it turns out to not create a calamity, you're, of course, thinking, well, why didn't I do that years ago? <laughs> you know, that's, that's tens yeah. of thousands of dollars. I guess at some point you've, you've got to be you've got to have enough experience to know how far you can push things like that. Because, mm -hmm. we're, you know, we're always hearing about things like the $10,000 website, which, you know, for a yeah. five page brochure site or something like that. And there's always in the back of my mind some little gremlin saying, yeah, but they're going to be harder to find than you know, easier to find. And yeah I, yeah, I think this is, this is really interesting. You know, you're admitting to all the frailties and all of the different, different things that you find difficult. So where yeah. are you right now with it then? You've got this product. Let, let's talk about that one in particular, Sunshine Photocard. Yeah. You've explained yeah. uh, that it's a marketplace for, well, you put it on your website and it becomes your own marketplace for selling your own digital assets, which in this case is photos. I don't know if it does other things is that the one of the products that are listed on your website which i will link to in the show notes is that the one product which is is the most profitable i notice that you've got that higher than all the others it's the first product that you list is that the one which is doing the best air quotes oh yeah by far yeah yep. income wise everything it's obviously it's been around for a very long time um the other ones are very you know you nailed it the the confetti one is a, a fun project that you know if i make a few bucks on it which i do a few bucks um it's great um and the other ones are just kind of some free ones that i've made again client projects that i just said this there's no way to monetize this, this is just a useful tool i found in my way of contributing back uh, to an ecosystem uh, uh the wordpress ecosystem and offering something to help someone else as well um but uh, but yeah, Sunshine Photocard is by far the the largest one. Again, it's not enough. I'm still on my journey. It's not enough to sustain me um, to to make the income that I want to do it full time. That's still my goal and my journey. Um, my hope is that I can do that in the next you know six months to a year. Um, it's definitely taking longer than I ever expected. Um, uh, because I'm still trying to learn what is it, uh, you know, things that I'm trying is, um, you know, we talked about the the hosting thing and just doubling the price and all of a sudden no one batted an eye. Mm. So, you know, like, um, you know, I'm going to be some of the things that I'm going to be trying with uh, Sunshine Photocars, nearly doubling the cost of it. Um, it is an entire ecosystem in one single plugin. You know, if you go to WooCommerce and you, WooCommerce itself is free, but you know, you go for a client trying to set up an e-commerce oh, store to, thousands, sell, their, quick, to, to thousands, sell their hats yeah, and yeah. they could spend, you know, 500 to $1,000 in plugins a year. Yeah. Well, my plugin's 149 right now yeah. for an entire thing, which uh, for a photographer could make up 
60, 70, 80% of their income can come through their, through their print sales. And this yeah. is the tool that they use to do that. Um, for photographers, you know, they can make, you know, a few hundred dollars in session. And then honestly, they can make a thousand dollars in sales, you know, so they can make $1,500 from, you know, taking a, uh, doing a session with a family. And a small portion of that is the session. And most of that could be in print sales. So trying to really, you know, some of my goals are trying to, um, you know, uh, price it accordingly and get across to people that this is a plugin that you are going to make most of your money with. So it's a big thing and a good thing to invest in. And here's the reasons why it's worthwhile. It has all these features, my, my support and all this kind of stuff. And it'll earn your money back in one session. So this is going to be something that you recoup your money back really quick, even if it is double the cost of what yeah. it is now. Do you, um, I, I hang out in the WordPress community because that's, that's where I need to hang out given what I now do, which is basically creating yeah. content around the WordPress ecosystem. I'm just wondering, do you, do you find yourself hanging out in photography places, you know, attending yeah. uh, real world photography events and online Facebook groups that are all to do with photography and all that? Is that a strategy that you've, you've deployed? No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I said, my, uh, you know, uh, wife, uh, ex-wife now, um, she was the photographer and I made it for her. Uh, we're no longer together. So I don't have that resource to, to do things. So I don't have that connection to the community. And that's another thing that I struggle with is that, um, you know, oh, a yeah. lot of people who create, who create a product and it's a great thing to do. It's, it's a great you know way to do it is, uh, is finding something that you're passionate about and something that you have an interest in because then it's easier to do the social media marketing, to have the connections and do all that kind of stuff. Um, where, you know, I'm still, you know, and that's why the WP Sunshine brand is out there is me throwing ideas out there to see if there is something I can find that maybe um, does connect a little bit better. Uh, and it's my way to explore what is what is something that I can that I can do this better with. Um, so that is one area where I very much struggle uh, and one area where I've looked to, and you know, consider reaching out to my customers because, you know, my customers, I get great reviews. They all love my product and all this kind of stuff. And, and they'll tell me, oh, we, you know, we, we want to share this with our group once, you know, uh, you know, once you have Sunshine 3 out, we want to share this with everyone to really get the word out for you. And, and so trying to do better at connecting with them and even bringing someone on board. But, you know, how do I how do I pay them and all this kind of stuff, um, you know, to help out? I've considered doing trade of services. Hey, I will do all your I'll custom design and build your marketing or your your photography website and give you a free Sunshine Photocart license in exchange for being my eyes and ears to the community, so to speak. Um, you know, tell me what's going on in the, in the photography world and things like that or be my, you know, my photography advocate, things like that. Yeah. Of, of how to compensate someone. So kind of creative ways because I'm not directly in there. But yeah, that is an area I'm aware of that I lack, um, that I'm not in there uh, because I'm not a Facebook type person. And honestly, that's a major area, Facebook and Instagram type area. Um, yeah, especially photography. Instagram and exactly. photography are joined at the hip, aren't they? That's uh, That exactly. would be the perfect place to hang out. Yeah, I, I guess it's kind of interesting. I, I, I wouldn't personally probably enjoy attending events around all of these different things you know so a photography event or a, i don't know a yeah a physical networking event like a cisco event or something like that <laughs> those kind of things probably wouldn't interest me but the the word camp things really do mm -hmm. um i'd be it'd be curious to see if you if you push the boat out there and did attend some word camps the conversations that you might start up on the the serendipity of meeting somebody in the in the hall and having a chat with them I, i've seen over the many years that i've been doing this podcast i've seen 
people go from zero sales to quite a lot of sales simply by the connections that they've made inside the community. You know, you get to know mm -hmm. certain people and those people know other people. And before you know it, if somebody does want a, a, a photo selling um, e-commerce platform, at some point your name comes up and you never know, you get a sale and then you get another sale and then you get another sale. So absolutely, yeah that that yeah. that would be that would be I think something that I would certainly be exploring. Just being part of the WordPress community and developing those um, those connections can, oddly enough, despite the fact that you're not facing out towards your direct customers who are photographers, just being mm -hmm. inside that WordPress community and getting your name out. You know, there's a lot of people who are building websites and they and they will be approached by um, photographers. And they're they're looking around. They're looking on Google for something that your plugin does. So if you can get to the developers, that could be in a sense your your sort of middleman selling the product for you to their end clients. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's again, like I said, I joined Twitter six eight months ago for that very reason too. Yeah. And as I said, I'm trying to expand my network. You know, I'm debating going to work. WordCamp US, I have a ticket, but I'm still trying to, to justify the cost. My wife is still like, you should go, you should go, you should go. But You should uh, go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone said the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, um, so it's it's something that I, yeah, I'm definitely looking at. And, and that's one area where I have uh, explored is uh, where I feel I could feel like I could have more confidence and more comfort as talking to other of my peers, WordPress designers and developers, and getting the word out that way, as opposed to talking to photographers who I don't know shutter speed. I don't know, you know, lenses yeah, yeah, and all yeah, this kind yeah. of stuff. I, yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, uh, you know, chat with you on, you know, these other types of things and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, and that's kind of what where I'm going to try and do that unless I can find someone. I think I think you'd get a ROI on that pretty quickly. Actually, yeah. I, I'm just guessing that you would, but it does <laughs> it does take that initial step. It just just to, to put your mind at rest, I have literally yet to meet anybody who, at the end of a WordCamp, has had a really negative experience. I mean, maybe they didn't like the food or something, you know, and they've yeah. got that to grumble about. But there's almost yeah. nobody who, who attends these events who thinks, well, that that really had nothing for me. That that's my experience <laughs> anyway. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm re reach, reaching out or meeting a, a select cohort of very positive people, but that <laughs> seems to be the yeah that seems to be the the sort of the way that people's brain is wired when they leave is well that was good I met a bunch of people who knows mm -hmm. what will come of that and it, it is I keep using the word but serendipity does play a big part in those things. How are you finding the um, the transfer of um, your constituents, if you like. So previously, your constituents, well, they still are by the sounds of it. Your constituents were clients, and now you've gone over to the constituents of of customers, in this case, you know, buying your plugin. How do you how do you manage things like support? And do you allocate time, dedicated time to support for the plugin and, you know, updating the plugin, or is it just when you can fit it in still? Um, I definitely prioritize the support um, because I've definitely learned that good customer support through whether it's you're doing client work or a plugin, um, is a phenomenal selling tool. Oh, um, like yeah. I said, yeah. So, um, you know, if I don't have to sell anyone, that's great. That's why, you know, like I said, I, I live off referrals for my client stuff. And I think that's also another reason why my plugin is still cruising along without doing too much marketing stuff is because other photographers tell other photographers. So I definitely prioritize support because it's something that I know how to do and I know that I can do it well. Um, so, you know, I usually start my Mondays with you know, Hanson all support tickets usually on the weekends as 
when I get most of my plugin support for whatever reason. Um, they usually come in on Saturday, Sunday, so I'll start Monday morning and handle all those. They've just uh, done the wedding, haven't they? Also, yeah, 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 they run into wedding, an issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. They, while they were uploading photos or doing something, um, a lot of photographers are, you know, um, it's their secondary business as well. They have a full-time job, so they'll do their stuff on the weekends or in the evenings and things like that as well for many of them. Um, so it's not uncommon to get those those tickets at that time. So, yeah, uh, I definitely prioritize the support for that very reason. Um, uh, you know, I take those in. One of the things that I think I did well with Sunshine Photocart when I started it was when I did first release it, I, I actually priced it a lot higher than it is now. Um, and then one one thing that I did, like many of us in the WordPress space, I kind of fell victim to the race to the bottom uh, of looking at my competitor, my com mm. you know the one WordPress competitor that I have was you know oh my god they're fifty dollars less than me let me drop it fifty dollars I look two years later oh my god they're another fifty dollars less than me I need to drop it again they keep you know undercutting me and, and we're quickly racing to the bottom um, and and that's why one of my points was to be like no I'm done with that I need to price what it's worth and not what my competitors think that are in what we should be doing and we're all you know making pennies of what we should be doing in this entire you know don't get me started on that whole thing that's a whole other topic <laughs> of this yeah, race a whole, lot of that we're whole all doing. series of yeah, podcast yeah, episodes right exactly there. yeah yeah um but uh but really kind of bringing that back up to to selling what it's worth um um but yeah yeah so handling support and, and it is definitely an important thing and and, and making a priority I, I do still try and make it a priority but because um because i sold it really high when i first started I eased into the number of customers that I have. Um, and, and that allowed me to then learn where the pain points were in using it and where it can be improved and where to write documentation for and all this kind of stuff and how to, how to, how to handle support. And I kind of, you know, because I kept the customers small um, and because they're paying me a lot, they were invested in it. So they were good quality customers. Um, they were willing to stick around and stick through me with some things as I learned on the fly a bit. Um, uh, I kind of have all my processes down now. Um, and you know, I, and when I get the same support ticket five times, I go, okay, it's time to write a documentation article or right, fix the underlying right. issue. Um, and because the plugin has been around for 10 years now, you know, most of the, most of the things are solved. So most of it's around, you know, deal, unfortunately dealing with EDD subscription issues and licensing things and stuff like that. Yeah. That's most of my support ticket issues now. Um, so um, so I've been able to get that to be pretty minimal at this point. Well, it does sound like you've you've definitely made the right choice. Ultimately, you know, you would like to swing away from clients into products. All I can say is that hold hold the, you know, keep chasing that dream, because there are a lot of people in the WordPress space who I've come into contact with, although I've never I've not quite had a conversation as yet with anybody. Well, that's not true. I have, but not typically at this part of the journey. Usually they've got, you know, they've got something and it's up and running and it's what they do for a for a living entirely. So what I would say is just just keep going with it and if you do stumble upon any wisdom, that you know, <laughs> keep deploying that and let everybody know what you've done. But also I'd be curious to if anybody's listening to this podcast and have has any advice for Derek, I hope you're open to that, Derek. Um, it's kind of it would be interesting, you know. We'll obviously post this in our on our website. I don't know exactly what episode number it will be, but in the preamble, I will let you know what episode you've got to search for. Um, if anybody's got any thoughts, you could drop something into the Facebook group. Just little snippets of advice that Derek could assume that would be that would be helpful. I hope that's not out of turn, Derek. 
no, that's the whole reason why I'm on here. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> very, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, you know, that's I, you know, I'm looking for for a lot of stuff. I, you know, I have some things, you know, like I said, I know what has worked, what's helped me, um, and and, and stuff like that. But uh, we're always on a on a growth journey, and I'm very open to all those kind of things. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll probably knock it on the head there. We're we're up to nearly fifty minutes, so we'll 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 pause it there. But Derek, honestly, best of luck with your suite of plugins, particularly the Sunshine Photo Car. I'll put links in the show notes to all of the all of the websites that we've mentioned today, so that you can go and check them out. But as we said, if you've got any thoughts, Derek, where can people find you? You, mean, you mentioned Twitter a few times. What's your what's your yeah. Twitter handle? It's my name, Derek Ashour, A S H A U E R. Um. Yeah, you find me on there. Okay, perfect. And shall I? Do you want to mention an email address? If you mention an email address, it will likely get transcribed, so it will end up on a website. So maybe, maybe. Yeah, not. You, I have multiple websites. You can contact me through those sites: theashwoodstudio.com yeah. and wpsunshine.com or sunshinephotocart.com. Or- We'll Many others that yeah. we all have, yeah. We will find you some way, shape, yeah. or form. Derek, honestly, really interesting to chat to you today. And also, your very open and candidness is highly appreciated. I really, really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Thanks a lot. Sure thing. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that episode. It was an absolute pleasure chatting to Derek Ashour. Maybe you thought the same way too. If anything in that episode resonated with you, or even if you just want to Lend your support to Derek and all that he's doing. Head to episode number 332 on the WPBuilds.com website. Use our search facility to do that. And perhaps leave us a comment there. Let Derek know that you understand what he's going through. And you never know, you might even be able to offer some support or guidance. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting, that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. Find out more by going to go.me forward slash WPBuilds. And true sincere thanks to GoDaddy Pro for their support of the WP Builds podcast. Okay, as we did an interview this week, it'll be David and I chatting next week. That'll be next Thursday at 2pm UK time we release that. Don't forget to join This Week in WordPress. That will be at 2pm on Monday. Monday we do a show every single week. It's live and you can join in the comments. People from all over the world tend to drop in and leave us commentary on all of the different WordPressy news that we're covering. This week I'm sure will be no different, so join us for that. If none of those things apply, well, I hope you have a lovely week. Stay safe. Here comes some cheesy music. Bye-bye for now. Thank you.